Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, congressional Democrats return a favor for the support of the Service Employees International Union. We take a deep look at a controversial environmentalist funder, and the Planned Parenthood Federation of America ousts its leader. House Democrats passed a bill that would more than double the federal minimum wage, setting a level of $15 per hour, a key demand of a key liberal constituency group, the Service Employees International Union, or SEIU. The SEIU continues to wage a nearly decade-long campaign targeting restaurant chains for unionization and targeting governments to impose $15 wage mandates under the brand Fight for 15. The SEIU has spent upwards of $90 million on the Fight for 15 since 2012. The campaign has had success raising the minimum wage in strongly liberal areas. For its part, the SEIU is a strong supporter of the Democratic Party, which took control of the House of Representatives in the 2018 elections. Democrats on the Education and Labor Committee, which originated the new wage mandate bill, received $335,509 from SEIU political committees in the 2018 election cycle. If enacted, we can expect the wage mandate to have substantial negative effects. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office estimated that up to 3.7 million people, with a median estimate of 1.3 million people, would lose their jobs. This led the Economic Policy Institute, a think tank funded by and closely aligned with national labor unions, to argue, quote, an employment decline as a result of a minimum wage increase doesn't necessarily mean any worker is actually worse off, reminiscent of the Metropolitan Press's praise of fun employment under the stagnant economy in the first term of President Barack Obama. The legislation is likely to die in the U.S. Senate, which is controlled by business-aligned conservatives. However, it serves as part of a two-pronged messaging strategy for big labor, alongside the utterly awful Protecting the Right to Organize Act that would repeal long-standing labor law and force millions of Americans to fund labor unions. The SEIU and its allies in big labor see an opportunity to fundamentally transform American labor relations, which saw a substantial increase in individual employee rights in the period after World War II, most prominently the expansion of state right-to-work laws, which the union's Protecting the Right to Organize Act would repeal en masse. Doubling the minimum wage would also be a display of union power and intimidation to businesses, while the SEIU alone stands to gain an estimated $100 million per year in dues and fees revenue by organizing McDonald's alone, to say nothing of other chain restaurants. He might not be as famous as some of his fellow environmentalist megafunders, but Fred Stanback Jr. deserves more attention, not only for his willingness to spend tens of millions of dollars on environmentalist activism, but also for his radical anti-humanist population control ideology. Stanback's philanthropic portfolio includes top donor status at dozens of traditional environmentalist organizations like the Environmental Defense Fund and the Environmental Working Group. A handful of strident immigration restrictionist groups like Federation for American Immigration Reform and Numbers USA, social liberal and pro-abortion groups, most prominently Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, and population control advocates such as Population Connection and the Population Media Center. Stanback runs much of his reported giving through the donor-advised fund Foundation for the Carolinas, making it difficult to identify precisely how big a donor he is. It has been reported that Stanback made a $397 million contribution to the Foundation for the Carolinas in 2014. There's evidence that Stanback has cared more about controlling people than protecting the planet. In a 1998 memo written by controversial population control activist and arch-immigration restrictionist John Tanton, Tanton wrote, quote, Stanback feels that he must spend his time on environmental matters rather than population, meaning population control, matters which are his primary interest, simply because the environmental matters are the ones that are in tune with the general public. 
Stanback reportedly also supported expanded chemical abortion. In another memo credited to Tanton, Stanback is reported as saying that he helped fund the development of RU486, the first chemical abortion pill. Stanback-linked environmentalist groups also pushed the population control line. Center for Biological Diversity, recipient of $12.2 million in total contributions from Foundation for the Carolinas, a Stanback-linked funding vehicle since 2010, has said, quote, Runaway population growth is too often ignored by the public, the media, and even the environmental movement. And we can still save wildlife by choosing to stop hogging the planet. Center for Biological Diversity also encourages human vasectomies. In short, Fred Stanback and his friends have decided that children are the pollution. For more on this story, see Anti-Humanist Environmentalism by my colleague Ken Braun at capitalresearch.org. And in our final item, Leanna Wen, we hardly knew ye. Wen, a former Baltimore City public health official appointed last year to lead the Planned Parenthood Federation of America, was forced out by the organization's board of directors this week. So what provoked the dismissal of the leader of one of the most prominent social liberal and pro-abortion rights organizations in the country? It appears to depend on whom you ask. The Washington Post reported that people familiar with the board's thinking chalked the split up to Wen's management style. For her part, Wen alleged, quote, the new board leadership has determined that the priority of Planned Parenthood moving forward is to double down on abortion rights advocacy, supposedly in contrast to Wen's ostensible focus on broader health care services, of course inclusive of abortion. Planned Parenthood, were it to do this, would be doubling down on top of the $6.5 million its political arms spent on electoral efforts in the 2018 midterms, and it's already lobbied for substantial expansions of abortion-enabling laws. BuzzFeed cited sources who suggested Wen would not use, quote, trans-inclusive language, allegedly because Wen worried that using woke terminology would, quote, isolate people in the Midwest, and alleged that Wen avoided talking about abortion as a standalone term, instead preferring modifiers and euphemisms. Observing, National Review writer Alexandra DeSanctis, who focuses on pro-life advocacy, wrote, quote, Wen's firing suggests that instead of claiming to be just a normal healthcare organization, Planned Parenthood intends to capitalize on its status as an influential left-wing interest group. To do that, it must become a purveyor of the entire progressive agenda, to the point of em embracing the intersectional language promoted by transgender activists. So the mild-mannered Wen had to go. Wen's ouster led to the interim appointment of Alexis McGill-Johnson, the head of the Perception Institute, a left-of-center organization researching implicit bias. It is not clear who will take ultimate control of the nine-figure network of clinics and abortion rights advocacy groups. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.